1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today.
0: In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Sessie. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. This week we're taking kind of a detour away from Housewives and entering into Southern Charm, which is a show that I haven't watched, but my interest has been piqued now that I
0: live in the South. I wouldn't say Texas is the South. I don't count Texas as the South. Texas is the West. It is not the South like the rest of the... It is not like the rest of the South.
1: It's the most South I've lived. Okay, that's fair. So to me, it's the South. (laughs) I guess it's not like the proper quote unquote South, but I don't know. I feel like, like when when I moved here, I started watching Dallas because I was like, okay, now I can, I don't know, not relate with them, but now I have some level of connection to Texas. (laughs) So yeah, maybe I'll watch this one next, but you've watched it. You want to talk about the
0: show. Even if you've never watched Southern Charm, we actually got a hold of the agreements that people on the show have to sign that aren't cast members, which is super interesting. The lawsuit Mm -hmm. and the characters in it are super interesting. And I think it gives us a little bit more of a window into how these shows work and some of the things that can happen. And I think this might be the first time I know of that somebody's had the audacity to file or the audacity as Ramona was
2: saying,
0: <laughs> to yeah. file a lawsuit like this after signing one of those contracts that are difficult to I think maneuver around because you really do sign so many rights away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. It's not necessarily about Southern charm, it's more about how you end up on these shows and the contracts, which I've said I've always wanted to do an episode on the contracts, and this is one of the many types of contracts that I think people sign to get on the show. So yeah, oh totally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been trying to get my hands on one. Well, we'll keep digging. Yeah, we're gonna we're like, gonna get our hands on
0: one like, legally.
1: <laughs> we're obligated to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you want to give a background on what is going on here?
0: I'm not going to talk too much about Catherine Dennis and the sort of Southern Charm people. I think the first several seasons of the show are pretty entertaining. Essentially, Catherine Dennis was pretty much the star of the show for several years, and she had dated Thomas Ravenel, who I think is one of the worst people to ever exist on reality television. So I'm really not gonna Mm -hmm. say much more about him. If you want to know how awful he is, you can Google him, but just trust me, he's terrible. He is an ex-politician. He did he is a disgraced politician for real. He got he got in trouble for doing drugs and like, while in office. Um, anyway, she has two children with him, and they've had a horrendous custody dispute, and he has a ton of money, old, old Southern family money. Catherine mm-hmm. had some drug and alcohol problems, ended up going to rehab, not being able to see her children. There's a huge age difference between Catherine Dennis and Thomas Ravenel. A lot of stuff going on. Anyway, season six of Southern Charm, Ravenel had finally gotten himself into so much trouble that Bravo would not even put him on. He was no longer on the show and Catherine started dating and everybody, I think, especially because she had worked so hard to go through rehab and to get better. And people were really rooting for Catherine. She was dating Joseph Abruzzo, who's a politician, He was in the Florida House of Representatives, and he actually got in the Florida House of Representatives at age 28, which is kind of a big deal. And that was from 2008 to 2012. Then he was in the Florida Senate from 2012 to 2016. And then he was back in the Florida House of Representatives from 2016 to 2018, okay? He went to Lynn University, which is a private college in Boca Raton, and it's like 10 minutes from the beach, but it's not super well-known for its academic rigor. I'll just say that. Not... It's not, like, yeah. the fancy college that, like, Ceci went to. Oh, um, no.
1: No. Not even close. <laughs> Mine was not. I went to Berkeley. That's not a fancy college. You That's a hippie Cornell. college. You went to Cornell. That's Ivy that League. That was for
0: law school. Okay, so you went to an <laughs> Ivy League law school. Okay. <laughs> I went to KU, which is a good law school. Like we're super good at basketball, but we're not like <laughs> I thought
1: you went Berkeley. I'm like, it's
0: such a hippie school. I know, but it's still hard to get into. Fair enough. Okay, like Sessie's really smart, y'all. I'm no dummy, but I'm I'm not as fancy. So, anyways, according to Abruzzo's complaints, he met Catherine in the fall of 2008 at a Miami Dolphins game. And I think this was like the subject of multiple posts. Like, I think they were even seen on like the Jumbotron, maybe. And this is that was shortly before filming for season six began for some. Southern charm. This is from Abruzzo's petition that he filed. He says, thereafter, Abruzzo and Dennis began a romantic relationship. Abruzzo was 38 and then Catherine was 26. So Catherine is dating another politician, which comes up in the show. Now, the reason why we have all these details is because Abruzzo has filed a very long complaint, very detailed, in the court of uh, South Carolina. And he details all of his accomplishments. He has big long laundry lists of all of his accomplishments and all these awards that he's won. He also talks about this legislation that he's passed in Florida. Some of it I actually did kind of approve of. I care about animals and yeah. horses and, you know, some of it I did find very interesting. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that shortly. Also, just I want to note the, the areas that Abruzzo was representing in Florida are not your standard Florida. West Palm Beach, Palm Beach, it's right next to Wellington where they have the super fancy horse shows. Like also, it's also the area uh, where the Colony Hotel exists where Mm -hmm. (laughs) Luann got arrested and the area where Tinsley got arrested. Yeah. Yeah. She always goes back to Palm Beach. Isn't that where, doesn't Dale have a house in Palm Beach, Tinsley's mom?
1: I don't know if Dale does, but um, I remember Dorinda was always pissed off because Tinsley would say that she lived in New York, but really she spent most of her time in Palm Beach. you blame her?
0: Palm Beach is super nice.
1: I know. And most people in New York do, not most people, (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't, but a lot of people will go down for the winter. Yes, because it's cold. You don't want to be, Trudging around right. in that dirty-ass snow in New York City? Yeah, so it's not that... Maybe Dorinda was just jealous that she had a home in the Berkshires, which is cold as shit in the winter, <laughs> and didn't have a house in Palm Beach, but I don't know. Do you mind if I say, like, where when it was filed...
0: Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So this.
1: Yeah. This isn't a federal case. No. Like we a lot of the cases we've talked about in the past have been federal.
0: Is this in state court? This isn't st- is like a- it was in Charleston, South Carolina, in the Court of Common Pleas, in the Charleston Court of Common Pleas. The defendants here. I don't know if you were going to get to that. No, no. You talk about the defense side. I'm going to talk about the prosecution, like the plaintiff side.
1: So, defendants are Bravo Media Productions, LLC, NBC Universal Media, LLC, Comcast Corporation, Craig Conover, Chelsea Meisner, and Madison LaCroix, which are three of the cast members? Yes. Okay. Craig's
0: the one that sells pillows and then finally passed the bar exam and is also an attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Boop, boop, another attorney on TV. Wait, and Madison is the one – That was sending Mm -hmm. what's his name, Arod, slide into your DMs. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can't see, but says he just made a face. (laughs) I
1: just can't believe how that turned out. I know, and now J Lo is back with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah, I know. What the heck? So weird. There's just so much. Yeah. Anyway.
0: And it all started with a Bravo liberty. Like, what in the world? They're changing the course of civilization. Okay, wait. Did we read all the defendants? Mm -hmm, That's it. Okay, so Abruzzo sues the haymaker, which I think is actually the production company that does Southern Charm. And then Bravo is obviously the one that is, like, you know, assistant producing and then publishes it. and then So then he also sued the people that made the statements. And notably, he does not sue Catherine Dennis. She is not on there. But she, they broke up, and then she's with the country music guy, who she's also no longer with currently. Mm-hmm. Abruzzo files his complaints, which is how we have this information. And he gives this long list of his accomplishments, which I kind of dug into because I was like, you know, I actually don't know anything about this person. I watch Southern Charm, so I do know about Catherine Dennis, but I don't know anything about this guy's like, so I'm going to look and see, you know, he says all this stuff about himself and illegal pleading filed with the court. Let's see what it says. He's really proud of a lot of the legislation that we briefly mentioned before. He created this silver alert system for missing adults. So if you've got in Florida, if your grandparent or, you know, whatever wanders off, they can put out an alert for that person just like they do for missing kids. He has a grandparents bill of rights, which I think sounds Problematic, honestly. And then a termination of parental rights for rapists, which they can't really be too mad about that. He had a really kind of cryptic paragraph in the petition that set an alarm off for me because he was like clearly name dropping a person without trying to actually put their name in there. So he says he established an outstanding relationship with the chairman and owner of the country's largest privately held petroleum company, Chesapeake Petroleum and Supply. And then he goes on to say that from 2007 to 2019, he got paid $15,000 a month to perform lobbying and consulting work on federal legislation and other matters of interest. And that the $15,000 a month would have continued for the foreseeable future until the agreement was terminated shortly after the airing of the Southern Charm episode featuring Abruzzo. So who is this person that owns the petroleum company? Her name is uh, Victoria McAuliffe, and she is super wealthy, very smart, and she really loves horses. So she's done a lot of humanitarian work that doesn't involve animals, and involves people, but she was the one that actually was the impetus for getting the legislation passed in Florida, making it a felony. To neglect or abuse a horse, passing the horse protection bill, which makes slaughtering horses um, illegal, so that takes away that trade, and then putting in a helmet law. So she's done a bunch of stuff. And then she was a member of the Obama administration. She'd served in the White House Office of Public Engagement, and she had worked for the Department of Homeland Security for the Office of Congressional Affairs. This woman is very wealthy, but she's she is very well educated, and she's done a lot of really interesting and important humanitarian stuff. She's just a really interesting person. She, I think, works for TikTok now. Um, and she used to work for Tumblr. Nice. He claims that after these episodes came out, that she was like, "I'm done with I'm you." I'm done with you. So he's losing his fifteen thousand dollars a month. It's also interesting that he was getting paid by a constituent fifteen thousand dollars a month to do federal legislation, and it, uh, apparently this is all totally legal because you can't do lobby work within the state of Florida while you're actually an elected official because you're an elected Mm. official and you're supposed to be representing your constituents. And then you have to wait two years after you served your term as a state official before you can do state lobbying work. But apparently you're able to do federal lobbying work for you. Yeah. So he's just ceased being a politician in Florida in 2019. He can't do any state lobbying Mm -hmm. for the next two years. Yeah. For the next two years. And then he lost his federal lobbying money. Um, 15,000 a month. Not bad. 15,000 a month. That's. (laughs) I know. It's like, come on, man. So I, so he's obviously pissed that this. Yeah. I'd be pissed. And he blames it on the airing of these episodes. So the next question is, well, what happened on the episodes? And I remember watching these at the time and not really thinking much of it. So like the first clip that we hear about him in one of the episodes, it's Catherine Dennis talking about how she's really excited because she has a new love interest. We'll put a link on our website to this video where she's talking about how she likes him. And then on the, on the Bravo website that has the video clip, it talks about like how he's a Florida politician and doesn't say anything negative about him at all. Okay. So this is, this is where I think it starts to get really interesting because Abruzzo and his attorneys have crafted this petition And are really making a lot of claims against production, saying that they have really crafted this story and that they lied to him about it. So they say, unbeknownst to Abruzzo at the time, but in furtherance of Dennis's storyline for season six and future seasons of Southern Charm, and with the express or implied encouragement, condonation, and or permission of the corporate defendant producers of Southern Charm, Dennis almost immediately began imploring plaintiff Abruzzo to be on the show, telling Abruzzo that if she were to get married, she believed corporate defendants would pay big money for rights to televise her wedding, honeymoon, an exclusive and other things of that nature. That's interesting because it's like, yeah, if if you're dating somebody and they're like, oh, no, 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 you want to be on the show because if we get married, it's going to help me in all of these ways. We'll have a special. Yeah, we'll have a special. It's like, was she? I mean, was she really calling him up saying they had been dating that long, first of all? And then Yeah, that's weird. It's like who people like you typically like you've been dating just a couple months. You don't want to be like bringing up marriage and like also just right. like, have a TV special for our wedding.
1: <laughs> right. Like maybe she brought it up in abstract. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't even do that, but maybe she was, you know, Bravo likes to give people Spinoffs for their weddings. Bravo likes to keep interesting characters around, but not necessarily saying, You and I will get married and get a spinoff. Maybe. Maybe like they got drunk together and I don't know, talk this stuff. I mean, maybe they were
0: in like the real puppy love, like beginning phase. And so they were talking about that stuff. And she's like, Maybe she was like, Oh, and obviously he's a politician. He likes attention, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. You know, well, there'll be a whole wedding special about our wedding and whatever, you know, maybe they're in the puppy love phase. Mm-hmm. So maybe she did say some of those things. I don't know. He claims in this pleading that they filed with the court that he does not watch reality TV. You would also think, I mean, if you were dating somebody that was on a show, I mean, obviously we would, cause we watch TV, but yeah. like, <laughs> if you're dating someone that was like, even like, let's say they were like involved in a professional sport that you aren't familiar with, like they play rugby or something like, wouldn't you go back and like watch stuff like yeah I don't think I'd watch all of it I think I'd watch like the highlight you're like infatuated with this person that's on a show you think you'd at least go back mm-hmm. and like, watch some of the episodes yeah or get the scoop yeah I'm married now but like before like if I was going on a date with somebody I'd like want to google them <laughs> did you google people before you went on dates
1: no I didn't oh you're better than me <laughs> yeah no I didn't <laughs> no, because uh, I mean, I mainly dated people that I knew from yeah. like school or law school. My current boyfriend, we met on an app, and that I just like read his bio yeah. and got a good vibe. And then, no, I didn't. And he's a very common name. I'm sure people Google me. I have a very uncommon name. Don't Google me. But yeah, his, it, I probably maybe did, but I didn't find anything because his name is very common.
0: I mean, so my husband. I've known oh, your husband. I've yeah. known him since high school. So, but like we met when we were both fourteen. Like I've, like, I've known his family that long, so like that isn't an issue for me. But like, I already, yeah, like, that's good. There's nothing I could Google that I don't already know about you. Also, like <laughs> if you Googled him, you wouldn't find results about him. I know. What'd okay, so say? we're not going to say the name, but I'm married to someone. <laughs> That has the name of a famous person. Um, So that helps. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, if you Google his name, it just comes up as like the other, the famous person, which is great when we make dinner reservations, like in Las Vegas or Miami. And then they're really, that's so cool. They're really disappointed when we show up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. But yeah, like, yeah, I guess Catherine Dennis that you would find results. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. She's I mean like, I probably wouldn't watch the whole
0: thing no, if I was him, but no. maybe a couple. Because you could see them like with their exes and stuff. I mean, I'm just super nosy, I guess. I would want to know. I'd wanna I'd wanna know it all. Back to the petition. We were just talking about how according to Abruzzo, which the the production company and so forth, he calls the corporate defendants, they wanted Abruzzo to go on a guys' trip to a public and crowded restaurant on a dinner date with Catherine Dennis an otherwise suggested group or public outings. So what this says is like, according to Abruzzo, they've kind of been talking and going back and forth and negotiating how and when he would appear on the show. And Catherine clearly wants him to be on the show and like part of, you know, she wants to introduce people to her new boyfriend, new crush, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he says he didn't agree to do any of that, but that he said he would finally Agree to go to a private dinner at Dennis's house in downtown Charleston. And then he says this specifically was done after repeated requests from the corporate defendants and Catherine Dennis. So like. So Bravo. So Bravo. So like, like according to him, they've been communicating with him prior to this. Uh, Abruzzo says he flew there from Florida at his own expense. And upon arrival, a bruzo was ushered into hair and makeup while the film crew set up. Which I don't, he doesn't, he's bald. So I don't like, <laughs> I don't know, like, where they powder his head or oh, I don't know. But he's bald. No. I think they just,
1: it's like a twofer, you know? You call it hair and makeup. But he's gonna get mic'd up. Makeup. But, you know. So maybe he needed a shave.
0: Okay, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, he definitely had to get mic'd up.
1: And they probably have to put a little bit of, like, powder so he's not shiny. Yeah. All that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Then Abruzzo says that as he and Dennis finally sat down to dinner with the lights and cameras ready to go. And he makes out, he points out in the petition that they're bright lights. Like the super, like he's got all these bright lights on him and the cameras are all there. It's probably because,
1: yeah, the shiny. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So production... Tells a Bruzo that they can't start unless he signs a document with only the signature portion of the page visible. He's setting the scene. And this is, again, this is all from a Bruzo's perspective from the pleadings that he filed in court. This is not, we're only telling one side of the story right now. Mm -hmm. He's saying that when they got there, when he got there, they're about to sit down to dinner. Everything's all set up. And so there's usually probably, what, 12 to 15 people for production In and out of a space, there's like there's a camera operators, the boom operators, there's the hair and makeup people, there's the people, you know, there's all of the 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 sound the sound guys, the lighting people. It's like
1: so inauthentic looking. Yeah, like it does not look like a natural event. Like it seems or it appears on the show, it looks like a like you're filming a
0: show, yeah, like a scripted show. And that he says, that's the point at which they tell him he'll have to sign a document and that they hand him a document with only the signature page. Even on the signature page, it still has the mediation and arbitration agreement. And then it says the governing law, which would be the law of New York. So they had a choice of law provision. So he would have seen that. And then it says like this entire agreement, it's it's got a, um, what's called a, integration clause. So it says this entire agreement between producer and me, it supersedes all prior oral and written communications. Now that's really, that's gonna be really important for this. So an integration clause in a contract is a clause that says that it doesn't matter anything that was said prior to the contract or any other agreements that were made that this contract is the final and superseding deal. When you have an integration clause, that's, that's putting that down in writing. That's generally understood in common law for contracts, but like That's putting it down in writing, saying, nope, Mm -hmm. this is it. This is the sum of all of our agreements in this writing. And then it also has a provision that says, well, if any portion of the provision of the contract is unenforceable, it only that portion is is unenforceable. It doesn't render the entire contract unenforceable. So there's still a lot of like really – even if you only saw this page, there's still Mm -hmm. some really important things on this page.
1: Yeah, like, I have had ample opportunity to read this entire agreement, had an opportunity to review agreement with an attorney of my choice, and have, in fact, read this agreement.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's (laughs) not very compelling. It's not, and it's also, I mean, I understand, like, so I actually had um, an acquaintance who got married, and she was presented with a prenuptial agreement on the day of her wedding, and I was in... The bridal party. Okay, so she and this—it was—it was like, what is what the fuck is going? Like, you can't do that. That's so messed up. Which, by yeah. it, but I happen to have researched this before, and I was like, there's so much case law that says you can't do this. This would be making mm-hmm. you sign it under duress, and this mm-hmm. is not enforceable. I was like, but don't sign it. <laughs> like, and also, do you want to marry a person that springs a contract on you while you're getting your hair and makeup done? For your wedding, no, no, you don't, right? right? So that's so stressful. That's ter- that's a, that's a, just a terrible thing to do. But that is an example of like actual duress because you've got like your whole family that's flown in and like everybody, and then you're supposed to be walking down the aisle. You're have your bridesmaid, like your mom, you know. Everything is like that is actual duress. Basically, saying, right. I'm going to walk away if you don't sign this document right now. Mm-hmm. This is a situation where there isn't, I, I would say there's not like a, this isn't real duress. Like, she, he wanted to make Catherine happy. Yeah, all the lights and production and everything were there, and they're saying, we need to, we need to do this right now. He, I think, probably maybe felt he would have gotten Catherine in trouble if he caused problems, but it's like he's a grown man. Yeah, he was probably like anxious. Yeah, you get like, nervous, and all this people are there staring at. you. But also, he's a grown man who's a politician who should be able to be like, I'm going to do. You know, you would hope I'm. I'm not going to sign a document unless I've read it. Like, I don't want to sign in legislation unless he's read it. You know, like true. <laughs> I'm just
1: which? Like, yeah, I mean, and that's what Bravo claims in their motion to dismiss they like totally use that back on him they're like you claim to be this grand politician who's educated and so fancy why didn't you read it
0: you, you know you would also think he would have asked okay well are you going to make me sign something before i fly up there like because he, t- he goes into the petition and says i'm going like they, they've been asking me all this time like saying offering all of these things wanting me to be on the show offering me these different types of like excursions to be on the show, going on a guy's trip and going to a crowded restaurant. Mm-hmm. So they have been in communication before. Why wouldn't you ask for I I I need to see whatever you're gonna make me sign before I come up yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Uh, just Even for like silly things, like figuring out who's going to pay for the meals right. while you're there, whose responsibility it is to fly you there. Right. Or, like For those silly little things, I'd want to see it. I know. Not necessarily for all the – I know. Well, me, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Being a lawyer, yes, I'd want to see the whole thing. But, you know, like those little logistical things, like you'd want to see that.
0: I wonder, so, like – because I've been a lawyer for so long now that – it's sick. Like, I mean, it's like, that's just a, like part of my being. Like I need to read the entire document. And I, so now I kind of wonder because I can't, I can't disassociate myself from that anymore. Do other people feel that way? You know, just signing or just, because I yeah. think people get used to just signing the, like the user agreements for things or whatever, or mm-hmm. clicking on something to, to use software or. You know, so it's like...
1: And with that, you're screwed. You can't... Yeah. Your only recourse is to not use the software. Right. There's no editing the contract. There's no crossing lines out, which maybe he could have done here with Bravo, like crossed out the line that says, I can't
0: sue you. (laughs) Maybe, but... He could have asked for, I mean, especially because he's a politician, he could have asked for the ability to veto. I mean, he could have put stuff in there and then they could have just said no, I think mm-hmm. if anyone was, I mean, this is just me saying this, but logically, if anyone was inducing him to do anything, it would have been Catherine. That's the woman that he's dating that he clearly wants to impress and make happy. And she needs him to be on the show because that's a huge part of her life. And it would have been like, an issue for her filming if she had a boyfriend that wasn't willing to be on the show. Right. Which I think might have been in part of the reason why <laughs> he's so mad is because like, then she just breaks up with him and then date somebody else after he did yeah. all this
1: he's like i did this for you yeah
0: so he says he was only presented with the signature page but as ceci and i have talked about there's still even if he only saw this one page there's still some stuff on here that would cause problems with this lawsuit specifically the arbitration agreement and um, ceci like do you want to explain like kind of what arbitration is yeah i'll give it my best shot It's
1: a form of alternative dispute resolution, which just means that you're going to resolve this without using the judicial process. So it's not going to be a judge overseeing it. It's not going to be filed in court court. It's outside of court. And it's usually, you could correct me if I'm wrong, like a three, not judge panel, but
0: like a th- like three arbitrators. I think they that still are, call them arbitration judges. Like I think and then, arbitration I, there judges. are, I think usually three. And I think one, typically you get to pick one, the other side gets to pick one. And then there's like an independent one that is chosen. Mm-hmm.
1: And you like have rules of the arbitration and you present evidence. It's very similar to being in court. There's people who testify but it's just a little bit more lax it's not as intense as being in court and the purpose is to resolve it there is i think an emphasis on getting it yeah resolved yeah,
0: yeah. you don't have to worry about one side asking for a jury trial which makes people nervous as a trial attorney i think arbitration is a terrible idea and i've had clients <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just do. I've had cl- I like our legal system. I know it has a lot of problems, but I I mean, I have had clients that have tried to use arbitration and have not had good experiences either. And said it was expensive, that it took almost as long as normal court, and it didn't have the teeth that they really want. You know, it's like you didn't have all the tools that you have. But I'm very biased on this, and I will 100% admit that. So
1: yeah, yeah. There's also like mediation. And mediation's great. Which... I like mediation.
0: I like mediation in the context of actual real litigation in real courts. Mm-hmm. But
1: and in most, I think, is it in every case? I know like every case I've been on, there's been a mediation ordered. Like everyone has to take part in a mediation, at least in the cases I've been in.
0: Federal court usually tries to do that. State courts have different rules and it does like, it is useful. It's a use Mediation is a very useful tool. I don't have any problems yeah. with mediation. Just not a huge fan of arbitration.
1: <laughs> and then I guess to add, I think a lot of the websites that we commonly use have arbitration provisions in them. Yeah, like many of them, like I assume, like Craigslist, the eBay's of the world, things like that have terms of service that say, by using our website, you agree to these terms, and they throw in an arbitration clause. So you can't sue them in court. You have to figure it out outside of court. And apparently Bravo has one in their release that they made.
0: And it's it's bold and it's all in caps. And that's on the page that he signed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That he admits that he saw. Like, so he says he didn't see any of the other pages, but he does admit to seeing the signature page and that has the arbitration clause on it. And it's in all caps, like, you know, all caps, like yelling and it's in bold. So he did... See that, but he still filed this. Oh, he still filed, and they've so just like a little sidetrack since we're talking about arbitration. So he filed this lawsuit. The defendants, which include Bravo and Craig Conover and all those other people, filed motions to dismiss based on the fact that this this arbitration agreement and then the representation agreement, the use agreement, whatever was signed by Abruzzo. The judge, I believe, denied the motion to dismiss, and then they're appealing that denial of the motion to dismiss. And they're also trying to stay the case while it's in arbitration. And that hasn't been heard yet, but it doesn't look from the rulings that the court has already made that that's going to be successful and they're going to get this stayed. So discovery is still probably going to proceed while they're either in arbitration. and Which I just think is
1: outrageous. Like I, I I, would have thought that the court would have seen the arbitration clause and would have been like, okay, do this outside of court. Yeah. And
0: usually courts are happy to do that because it's less work for them and you sign the arbitration right. clause. So. Right. Like that is signed. Yeah. It's there.
1: You could see that. So it's a little wild to me that the court denied the motion to dismiss and is like, we're going to keep on going. <laughs> Sucks for you. <laughs> Interestingly, like looking at the document again, you could tell there was a, a staple on it. I'm getting all for. Forensic Ooh. now. But there's a staple mark on the top left-hand corner of every page. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they gave him just the signature page and then stapled it after. Or maybe it was put together and he signed it and then they took out the staple.
0: It's interesting the pages aren't numbered either because... Oh, yeah. But something that
1: Bravo, and I'm just saying Bravo, defendants pointed out was that he, like, amended his complaint. So in the first one, he said that he flipped through to the page with the signature on it and signed it. And then when he amended the complaint, he dropped that and just said oh, that he was no. handed only
0: the signature page. So which one is so it, Abruzzo? Which one is which it? Which is it? We see the staple. Mm. <laughs> I mean, so I guess, did he change it to say he only saw the last page? Because he said he, they, they only gave him the last page. Okay, so the amended complaint, he says they only gave him the last page. But then in the original complaint, he in says. In the he
1: original f- one, he said he flipped to the third page. Yeah. Do you want to read some of the clauses? Yes. I feel like- Okay, pick out- I would be- Yeah, yeah, If I was a listener, I'd be
0: interested to know. And I'm going to double check, but I think we can post it on our website because it's public. It's public. So like you can read it if you want to.
1: I think we can too. And this is one of the coolest documents I've ever seen. I'm so excited when I found it. (laughs) Yeah. So for dramatic or creative purposes, producer or network may make representations to me related to any and all topics prior to and during the course of my participation. I consent to and assume all risks of such acts and omissions regardless of whether they may infringe upon my rights or give rise to a claim. So they're admitting that they might lie
0: (laughs) to him for the purpose of the show. Right. And so, okay, which number was that? Uh, Nine. So that was number nine. And that's like, yeah, it's literally for dramatic or creative purposes. They may make misrepresentations to me. So they signed a thing saying they can lie to me. Like a misrepresentation is like... Just a fancy way of saying they can lie to you.
1: I picture like them pulling a cast member aside and being like, they called you a bitch. Right. And then like putting you at the table. Right. Which I'm sure has happened. Oh, I know.
0: I mean, it definitely happens on The Bachelor. Well,
1: it happened enough (laughs) that they had to put it in the contract. So
0: we know it happens. And then it says, I understand that I or other parties may communicate private, factual or fictional information about myself that I might find humiliating or embarrassing or that is defamatory disparaging or unfavorable and that the depiction of such information may portray me in a false light i consent to the inclusion of this information in the program and the exploitation of the materials even to the extent such inclusion might otherwise constitute an actionable tort so he's saying you sign this you can you can like it's just like a house of lies that could embarrass, humiliate, defame me and be a tort. And a tort is like a... It's things that I would think like a personal injury attorney would cover. Like yes. slips
1: and falls, yes. a car accident, someone punching you. Right. I love torts because it's like real life stuff that you can picture.
0: Yes. I yeah. I did some personal injury work and I honestly really enjoyed it while I was doing it. And it is, it is stuff like that. But it's also stuff like slander or defamation or and like tort comes from the latin like it's like literally like the root of the word torture like it's like it's like twist mm. or yeah that's cool yeah and he's in all of his claims they're all are these things tor- all yeah. of his claims <laughs> all of his claims it's like he took everything out of here that he said he couldn't sue for and then sued for it like literally everything yeah, put every single in. one of his mm-hmm. claims agreement that he signed is a three-page document that's in a 99-page document. And so I found it in the 99-page document. And I don't know why I didn't like click in my brain that this thing is only actually in reality three pages. So he's saying they didn't even give him all three pages. They only gave him the last page, but he couldn't apparently take the time to read or ask for the other two pages. Like if it's a three-page document, to me, that makes it even more difficult to sue because this isn't like a 50-page document where you really buried this stuff in there.
1: Well, he probably didn't know if they, if it's true that he only got the signature page, because as you pointed out, there's no page numbers. He probably didn't know it was only three pages.
0: Yeah. Which is shady. There should be page numbers on it. <laughs> there
1: really yeah. should
0: be. So maybe they were like, mm, this is the only page, but the clauses are numbered. Yeah. No, that it, doesn't mean, yeah. The clauses on this last page, it starts 18. I'm like, what yeah. you would, you would, you don't have to be a lawyer to know that there are numbers before 18. You'd be like, there has to be a 17. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about the page of the document that at least Abruzzo admits. And my cat's meowing behind me. I'm sorry. But we've talked about the document that Abruzzo admits that he saw. And again, it starts on there's all the paragraphs are numbered, which is really common in contracts. And it starts at 18 and goes to 22. And then it says again in bold and in all caps and in underlined that he's had ample opportunity to read the entire agreement. Talk to an attorney, all the stuff that says he said before. So, and then he's, you know, I understand I'm giving up legal rights, including without limitation my right to file a lawsuit in court or bring a claim in connection to this agreement. Well, he has, as we've been talking about, brought that claim and has been, got some pretty successful rulings so far. But they have not gotten discovery yet, which is interesting. It does look like everything's going to be fine. We might get all kinds of stuff in this. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep checking on it. Anyway. Okay, so like the, the dinner, I, I remember watching this episode and thinking, oh, this guy doesn't seem so bad. Like, you know, when I watched the dinner with Catherine and at the dinner, she does not cook anything. And Catherine, if you haven't watched the show, is a very like incredibly striking person. And she's got red hair and she's very tall and she's got very striking features. And she, I do think she has like some great fashion sense. She can, the woman can wear clothes and she's all dressed up and she's just taking everything out of these like to go containers and like using her bare hands even while she's all dressed up and like putting it on plates. <laughs> so then he gets there, whatever, supposedly he only sees this last page. They have a nice dinner. There isn't anything like dramatic or untoward that happens during the dinner. And Abruzzo leaves and I think he probably thinks that nothing bad's gonna happen. That, however, is not the case at Patricia Atchels, and I don't know if I'm saying her last name right, but she was one of my favorite people on the show. She was the very fancy, real Southern woman that throw the fancy parties, and she's just honestly like fucking awesome. They're, I think they're all over at her house and they're waiting for Catherine to show up, and they're talking about how she's dating a politician, and then Naomi says that she, when she found out Catherine was dating him, she Googled him. Here's the thing where I think he has like the biggest problem with his claims. He had gotten a divorce and his ex-wife had been very angry about the divorce and things that were occurring with the divorce. And I don't know whether any of those things are true or not, but she had published on her Facebook pictures of a Bruzo that looked like selfies that he had texted her from a bathroom mirror. And in the pictures, like, you you actually can't see anything, but in one of them, he's clearly like not wearing pants, but you, you can't see anything, but you can see it's almost like the ravines. To, yeah. You can, you can see all the way almost to the bottom of the ravine. I will say that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which I thought that was revenge porn to do that, but yeah.
0: And I don't know, like, I actually don't know if Florida has a revenge porn
1: law. Yeah. Maybe they don't. I feel like it's a new thing, but that but they got taken feels like
0: down. They were up for two hours Um, on Mm -hmm. Facebook, but then it's Florida and like all of the gossip sites got a hold of it immediately. So she took them down after two hours, but they were Mm -hmm. already out there. So they, but that was just like kind of a messy divorce thing. She made claims about him that were not proven one way or the other. They see the pictures. Addison says, oh, his penis looks like a Ken doll. Like it's just a bulge. Is he going to come after us for giving this much detail? Well, I... This is the stuff that's already out there. And also, this is what he put in his own petition. So we're not saying anything. Good. I've been I was very careful with our outline to not put anything in there that isn't in his petition. Which is also like, if he hadn't filed this, we wouldn't even be talking about it right now. Fair enough. He put this in his petition, and this is like cut and pasted out of the petition. And it says when Star Naomi Belindo mentioned the nude photos, she and fellow cast members Googled the images, and he put Googled in quotes. Cast member Madison said, oh, this is a quote, his penis looks like a Ken doll, like it's just a bulge. Look at that, it's a mangina. <laughs> Joe Abruzzo claimed in filming that the photos depicted required no blurring because his penis could not be seen. He said that the intentional and malicious blurring of the photos was to suggest that his genitals could be seen in the pictures. You know, and you I will say, like you can't see his you can't see anything in the actual pictures.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> so, fair, yeah. I think that's a fair thing to put.
0: Let me say this is my one of my favorite things I've read in an actual complaint. And it's not my favorite, but it's like I do think it's written in a very poetic way, and whoever the attorney was that drafted this complaint, I give them a lot of props because I think this is actually very artfully written. So paragraph sixty-five of Abruzzo's complaint, it says, and I'm quoting quote <laughs> his penis Cannot be seen, comma, nor could it be described, end quote. And I'm like, that is just, that's, that's poetry. His penis could not be seen, nor could it be described.
1: Yeah, this would be a fun one to draft.
0: Then it goes on to say, and this is another quote from the petition, it says, Catherine Dennis could not possibly... Could not have possibly walked in with anybody looking at a picture of her boyfriend's pecker. Oh, that's because they say we should stop looking at this so we're not – she doesn't get mad if we walk in and we're looking at a picture of her boyfriend's pecker. They did say that on so the show. So she couldn't have. Yeah, because it wasn't there. Yeah that's one of his big claims regarding the false statements. Um, he says these statements are false and defendants of the Croy Meissner and corporate defendants knew they were false at the time they were made. And when they were aired on national television, these statements were made knowingly and with the intent of disparaging plaintiff for and to otherwise portray him in a false light to create false drama and in furtherance of the storylines involved in Southern Charm. Again, this is literally, just like you said, Susie exactly what he signed, saying you yeah. could not sue over. It's exactly.
1: But to be fair, I would probably try to sue over this as yeah. well.
0: Yeah. No, we're not saying it's unreasonable that it was filed. We're yeah. saying,
1: like... He signed the document that said, you can't do this.
0: Back to the three-page contract... I mean, this basic contract law, it's like offer acceptance consideration. What is the consideration in this? Like they,
1: In the motion to dismiss, like Bravo says that the consideration was the publicity he would have gotten from being on the show. So it's just the fact that you're on the show and get some publicity is the consideration of being on the show can it be like the possibility?
0: I mean, but by then it doesn't matter. The contract doesn't I guess then it does, if you're not in the show then the contract doesn't matter cuz it doesn't you're not being shown. But like they Mm-mm. still have the footage and could use it in the future. Like cuz he signed and it. then
1: you'd be on the show and then you get the publicity.
0: But I guess I think to give his claim some credit cuz I also agree like I'm not saying this this shouldn't have been filed. I'm saying like he did sign a thing that yeah. says he won't sue over it. But right. He is saying that they told him that he would be portrayed on the show as, and he puts this in the petition that he would be Catherine's knight in shining armor, and that it was part of the storyline of her redeeming herself after leaving Thomas Ravenel, and that he would be shown in this. And I, I have a feeling that's probably the things Catherine was telling him saying, Yeah, like, you know, you're so much better than him, you're going to look great on the show blah 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 because she needed somebody like she needed him to be part of her mm-hmm. story on the show
1: yeah i mean bravo could have done it as well but for all we know they love drama they, that is their business is to provide us with drama they could have been the ones googling him that found the images and gave them to the cast members
0: Bravo fans are smart, and they are better at digging up dirt than anybody. And this was an easy easy Google search. Like, this was not a difficult... You didn't even have to go through a couple layers of stuff. He got a divorce. This is what happened. She made these claims. These pictures were out there. So even if it hadn't been mentioned on the show by anybody, it still would have become out because he was on the show. Like, it still would have... Mm -hmm. It would have been all over the blogs. It would have been all over everything. Look at, like, for example, Teresa's boyfriend on The Real Housewife of New... Like, The Real Houses of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Louise new boyfriend there really wasn't anything negative said about him on the season like on the actual episodes and then on the reunion Mm -hmm. andy asked a very softball question are you concerned because of the stuff that's come out about him since the episodes aired so bravo was actually super careful with that they didn't say anything about him negative like in any of the episodes everybody was and then even at the reunion it was real softball but like all of that stuff by the way have you seen you seen the video of him yeah i have okay what the hell is that? I know.
1: I can't He's I'm weird. sorry. I
0: know we're sidetracking, but I have to talk about it. Every all of the other men that are watching and like staring at the camera. Can you imagine? Getting that video from an ex. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Like a psycho.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, he has issues that yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean his ex-wife yeah. like from you know, was it Bravo Bone Collector or Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo? Which one was it? It's Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo. Okay, yeah, the deep dive she did on him was amazing and really well done. Both sides of the story that are shown in the legal pleadings that are told, they both look back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Getting that video from an ex. But yeah. my point is that this stuff would have come out anyway, just by him appearing on TV with Catherine. It would have been yeah, like,
1: but not to the same extent. Maybe you don't I'm think sure there's so? been minor characters. No, I really don't. I think there's been minor characters where, where, yeah, there's like one or two posts about them, and then you move on. But when that stuff is like said on air, like in an episode, yeah. it just amplifies it even more. Well, I mean, yeah, so, you're right. You know what I mean? I, I can't really think of an example. Like someone super minor. Who's someone that just like has popped up on the show and then like faded out? I, I can't don't know that... even think of anyone.
0: Okay, I don't I don't know though because
1: Okay, again. here's one. Here's one that came to my mind. Dorinda's real estate agent. Do you
0: know, know what I'm talking that. about?
1: Exactly. Uh-huh. You don't remember her. Yeah. But she was only in like one scene. She was like really snappy. She was great. Funny. Great accent. Maybe she had it past. Maybe, maybe it got posted on Instagram when it was airing. But it's gone. She's not on the show anymore. We've moved on.
0: But dating a main cast member, I mean, again, I'm going to use the example of Teresa and Luis because nobody said none of the episodes and like all of that stuff is out. And it's almost like I feel like people are more interested in it because it wasn't talked about on the show and it's being discovered. You know, it's like, oh, we gotcha. Yeah.
1: But it probably wouldn't have been,
0: it would have been given more context I mean, it wasn't a storyline on the show. Everybody seemed to be very supportive of Teresa and wanting her to be happy and not saying anything negative about Louise. He did ask her the question, but then accepted her response and moved on. But we still all know about it. Yeah,
1: but like on the show, they get to frame it how they want to frame it, which on Southern Charm, they framed it really poorly. Whereas, I mean, I will
0: say this does seem unfair to Abruzzo because like, especially compared to Thomas Ravenel, he is not the same type of Mm -hmm. person that Thomas Ravenel is. Well, unless
1: he has the evidence of that fancy
0: woman- who stopped paying him. If this keeps going on, she'll end up getting deposed by the other side saying, like, did you not renew his contract because of... He probably does have proof that this affected him. I mean, he puts it all throughout his complaint. I mean, it probably did, but I don't know. I would still be like, if I were him, like, then admitting that, like, you just didn't read a contract before you signed it, like, yeah, great.
1: Yeah, like, it's not a good complaint. Look
0: for a legislator who makes laws.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Right. Like, he's shooting himself in the foot. A little, I mean, and I do think, I mean, I really think we wouldn't be talking about it if he didn't file a lawsuit. Well, we wouldn't, because there wouldn't be a lawsuit.
1: but <laughs> yeah, yeah. we would not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that he is super upset about is when Craig, the pillow guy, says in his petition, acting individually and as a co-conspirator with corporate defendants, when asked by a defendant, Messner about plaintiff Abruzzo says, well, he's a disgraced politician in Florida. Thing, A thing he really took umbrage with because he's not a disgraced politician in Florida. He's actually...
1: No, he just had some selfies be leaked. That's not...
0: There's no, he doesn't have any criminal convictions. He isn't like, he wasn't like ousted out of office. It was, Thomas Ravenel is a disgraced politician. This guy, Abruzzo, is not. And so I can, mm-hmm. that comment, that's pretty bad. He's not a disgraced, but he got a divorce and it was a, maybe a little messy, but he didn't, he's got no fraud yeah. charges. Again, you know, he doesn't have anything like that, mm-hmm. that I get him being upset about. Because that did that did go on the air, but then it's also like, what's the definition of a disgraced politician? Somebody that got a divorce, whose wife? I mean, you know, like. No, I feel bad for him. I, that, I agree that that was. You don't do that. I agree that, yeah. that was unreasonable. Um, mm-hmm. Like that was not, that that wasn't cool, right? Because
1: he's saying like, if you Google him, the bad stuff comes up. But
0: yeah, like I don't see that at all. So, are we going to go through all of his claims? No, I'm just. I don't. I think mean, it's a lot. So, but I would say there's 17 causes of action against the various defendants and a lot of it has to do with fraud he's saying he was negligently it was negligent misrepresentations induced him into signing the contract he also claims unjust enrichment for his appearance which i think is going to be difficult for him to prove public nuisance which he really alleged everything yeah everything that you possibly could civil conspiracy defamation the violation intentional
1: infliction of emotional distress which is really hard to prove
0: the thing that might have some teeth is the violation of the South Carolina Unfair Trade Practices Act. So a lot of states, and just I kind of want everybody to know this, you should look up whatever state you live in. You should look up the Consumer Protection or Unfair Trade Practices Act because a lot of times those laws exist and they have a lot of teeth and they can really help you as a consumer um, or an individual if something unfair has happened to you with regard to a company that's doing business in your state, if you have been you know, lied to by a company like a lot of times you can also get attorneys fees, which makes attorneys more likely to take the case if you know, if you have a viable case. So that's that's just a good thing to know. I'm not saying it necessarily applies here, but that's a good law type of law to know about as a just an individual consumer just to find out what that does in your state the fraudulent inducement of arbitration agreement unconscionability of arbitration agreement fraudulent inducement of release so that's all the stuff he signed it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out all right so we have
1: discussed what the claims are discussed that there was a complaint filed defendants filed a motion to dismiss motion to dismiss was denied They filed a motion to reconsider it. The judge denied that as well. Defendants, who are bravo and the people on the show, like we've mentioned, are appealing the judge's decision to deny the motion to dismiss. But since then, they filed some other things as well that have given us some insight into what discovery is being requested in the case. And it's actually very interesting. But Angela, do you want to talk about what relief Abruzzo is seeking from defendants?
0: Yes. Abruzzo wants $10 million for the damage to his reputation and his loss in um, income because he was dropped by one of his largest supporters when this aired. So right, and she was, was the 10 one that was like paying him
1: <laughs> yeah. like $15,000 a month, I guess, for consulting. How long ago did this, did this happen? This aired, what, like 2015? Is that right? Oh, okay. So I guess he's saying from like 2015 through now, he should have been making $10 million.
0: <laughs> well, it's the future. So it's like the, his future loss. Oh, a because yeah, he's saying, of like, his reputation. I may have gotten that date wrong, but like he's saying that um, that amount would have continued indefinitely because he had it, I think, since he like started working in the legislature in Florida. And so that had continued. And the only thing that happened to cause it to not continue was this airing of, these words on the show. <laughs> so yeah. which she alleges, of course, are defamatory and paint him in a very negative and untrue and false light. So he wants $10 million because he's extrapolating that $15,000 a month out. And then he also wants damages because of fraud and all kinds of other stuff
1: like all the many, many, many claims.
0: Yeah. Uh, or is any of that $10 million like
1: punitive damages that he's trying to get, or would that be on top of the $10 million he's seeking?
0: Punitive damages would be on top of – I mean, they typically are. They're on top of mm-hmm. – you don't get to ask for punitive damages or an amount until the court awards punitive damages. And then there's typically a hearing on that. So that would be – if there were punitive damages, it would be on top of everything else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which punitive damages are like – you did something so wrong that you need an extra fee. You have to pay an extra fee because what you did was so bad.
0: Yes. Yeah, the court's saying like the fact that, OK, you paying an amount to remedy what was lost is not enough. We have to punish you um, via money to make sure that you don't do it again. So it's not just it's not like telling your kid to take the toy back to the store. It's you're going to go sweep the hallways of the store for free for whatever it's like that type of punishment it's like really just being like you did something so wrong and so bad we're really going to make you pay that's what punitive damages are.
1: Yeah, so then they filed some motions. There have been like motions to compel, which is trying to get discovery from the other side that they refuse to produce. And that's happened here. Bravo has refused to produce certain discovery. But we've gotten some insight from other pleadings as to what that discovery is. Do you want
0: to talk about that? Yeah, this is the part I think people will be really interested in because they talk about um, how... Abruzzo has requested, for example, production's notes. So uh, these are the types of notes that production makes when they're trying to determine what storylines to do or notes for potential scenes that they want to film. And he's asked for those. They've also asked for all of the video footage, whether Abruzzo's in it or not. Um, And Bravo has responded and said, look, there's like thousands of hours of footage that have been filmed for even just minor scenes and we select the ones that go on the show, but it's really burdensome to have to produce all of that information, like all of that um, video. Yeah.
1: I thought it was interesting that they even put any insight into how a season gets filmed. I think we all kind of like knew, you know, you watch a show and you figure that they are filming a ton, but they actually like put in one of these pleadings, like exactly what the process is like. It's thousands of footage for just ten hours in a season, and they say that they like you. You mentioned take notes, and I thought it was interesting that they said that they take notes on an individual's wardrobe or whether a particular individual is coming off as unlikable. So they're like sitting back there editing the footage, trying like making yeah. notes on whether like does Catherine seem unlikable in this scene?
0: I want those notes it's so, so bad. It's, it's I like, know. I know. Like so, like they, they're writing shady ass notes. And they don't want to have to produce the note. I want to read the shady notes.
1: <laughs> I know. He wants to read the shady notes, too. Yeah.
0: It says the parties may also discuss private information about the lives of cast members and or third parties that is not intended for public disclosure, which I thought was interesting that they put that in there, considering that at least what we know from Bruzos contract, that nothing is private and that they could make stuff up. So.
1: Yeah. It seems like they have some allegiance to certain people and not to others. Yeah, I mean, the the unlikable thing is so interesting to me, though, because it just goes to show how they are really trying to push these characters to have a narrative, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. why do you care if someone's coming off as unlikable or not? Shouldn't it just be what it is, you know? So, I know people always blame the edit, and... It's true, there
0: is an edit, so mm-hmm. I think that'd be interesting to see how it goes toward how much they decide who is a villain, like how much the producers decide who's a villain for a season as opposed to that naturally kind of occurring. mm-hmm, yeah,
1: yeah, so those notes will be really interesting if we ever get
0: them publicly. They also say the footage can feature or concern private information about individuals not enclosed. Intended to be disclosed publicly, unaired footage often captures, quote, private conversations between and among producers, camera operators and other employees about sensitive and unrelated private matters while shots are being set up or concluding. This seems to me like they're saying, hey, this unaired footage contains comments not only about what's going on in the show, but like like when you're at work with like your best friend or whatever that you're working Mm -hmm. with and you're talking about your personal life. While you're at work. Yeah. It's going to record those conversations. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, Like, they don't do it yet on the show or on Housewives yet where they, like, show the producer relationships. But they started doing that on, like, Teen Mom and 16 and Pregnant. I don't know if you watch those. My mom watches them. And that's the only reason I see them. (laughs) (laughs) But now, like, the producers that have been alongside these women for years and years and years are kind of cast members themselves and it like shows their relationship between the like former teenage mom and the producer and it's so interesting like they're they're friends they've like grown up together so I imagine it's similar for the housewives and that's what they're trying to protect or and and Southern Charm
0: well yeah I they do it on the bachelor a little bit I know on like Emily's season of The Bachelor, it was super interesting when she found out that the producer that had been, I guess, assigned to her or following her around and all of her stuff had actually dated The Bachelor. Like that she was, that was like going to select her. And she was super upset about it, understandably. And Emily would say, you know, you're like my friend. I've been talking to you for hours, for days over this whole time. And you didn't tell me that you used to date this person. I mean, she was Mm -hmm. super upset about it. So, yeah, that's that. that Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. But like that isn't a reason to withhold discovery. You know, do you agree or do you disagree?
0: I mean, they're trying to argue that it like could constitute like trade secrets. Like, I guess Bravo's secret or the production company's secret recipe for how they craft shows like Southern Charm. But I don't I don't know that that's going to hold up in court. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Well,
1: I mean, yeah. The one of the motions to compel was already denied, so they already their arguments were already knocked out. Yeah. And Abruzzo was like, in response to the trade secret thing, his argument was like, "No, this is just normal production. This isn't
0: anything yeah. special." To say the scope of discovery, and I think every jurisdiction in the United States, in state and federal court, is that it's broad. It's a, it's, it's broad, and anything mm-hmm. that is reasonably likely to make a fact of consequence to the determination of the action more relevant as opposed to or less relevant is like should be discoverable. So you're given like the broad discretion to like really ask for the things that you think are going to help prove your case. Um, Right, right. And
1: like the the burden or the threshold for discovery is much lower than what ends up in court so yes it's basically like anything that touches on the topic or touches on specific keywords and stuff gets produced and then but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to end up before the jury if it's a jury trial or the judge
0: anything else you want to add about this case no just i i hope people thought it was interesting and enjoyed the discussion of the document that apparently you have to sign to be a friend of or boyfriend on the show. I still think it's fascinating that he didn't sue Catherine for participating in this alleged scheme. Um, I mean, she's his ex. And, you know, I thought that was interesting. He seems to be blaming it all on Bravo and then the other persons on the show. Um, we're going to keep following it and we'll let you know what happens. And if we get any of those production notes, if those become public. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And we're putting the contract online, right? On our website. Yeah. Yeah. So if people want to go read through it, I mean, we only touched on a few of the paragraphs in there, but I would recommend going through and reading it.
0: Yeah. It's it's not very long. So it's it's an easy read. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so we'll we'll keep you all updated and thank you for listening
0: thanks guys
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Bravo Docket is part of the ACAST Creator Network.